What's going on, man? It's your boy, Jay Holly, and we are back for another episode of Unfiltered with Jesse Holly. Episode 50. 50. 50 of them things. We are halfway to 100. I'm proud of me. That's it. I'm proud of me, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You are far too kind. You could have been anywhere in the world, but I am so glad that you are here with me. I am the sports talk. Of, I am Jesse Holly, the sports talk equivalent of Braille. People feel me when I speak. You know what you got to do. Like, subscribe, hit the notification button, go over to Apple or Spotify, leave comments, leave notes, all that kind of good stuff. Play it in the loop. Play it, play it, play it some more, play it some more. Uh, what I was about to say, um, yeah, man, YouTube, Mr. Fort Along on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, clips page, go to everything unfiltered, fanatics views, like it, subscribe to it, hit the, we, we want to be a part of your life. Make us a part of your life. You guys know how I like to get down. I like to give my motivation at the beginning. Cause let's be honest, most of you will not be here at the end and that's okay. Because I am not for everybody. And neither are you. But before you go, before you, you know, you exit out the building, give me three episodes. Three episodes, find any three of them. By the time you see this, we're going to have 50 of them things. Half a hundred. 50. Pick three. Listen to 15 minutes apiece, man, on those episodes. If you don't like them, find three more and continue to watch until you fall in love with me. Because I love you. And we should love each other while we're doing this unfiltered thing. Let's love each other unfilteredly. I don't know if that's a word or not, but it sounded good. All right, man. Here's what we got right here. I got this one from the, from the great Denzel Washington. And Denzel said, everybody ain't proud of you. They're just surprised. You know that face that they make. You're just, they're just surprised that you keep making things happen. You know, um, I remember Candace Parker, Candace Parker was saying something on TNT Network one time, and, and Shaq looked surprised. And he said something in a surprised voice. He said, take that surprise out your voice. Sometimes you got to tell the folks around you, take that surprise out your voice. I know that you may not be happy for me, but I'm going to keep making things happen. Keep shocking them. Keep, keep having them guessing. Keep having them bewildered. Keep having them like, how does she keep doing this? How does he keep doing this? They don't got to be proud of you, but they got to watch you and continue to do you, continue to make things happen for you. You are the action. You are the action. You are the lead actress, the lead actor in your movie. You are, you are what people come to see. You are the reason why people want to buy tickets. It is your show. Keep making them believers. One of my favorite artists of all time is Michael Jackson. And every now and again, when I need reminding, when I need things to be brought to remembrance, when I was, uh, when I was an athlete, I used to play Michael Jackson before all my games. People would say, why do you play Michael Jackson? I said, because you can hear the greatness in his voice. And there's a certain YouTube clip that I watch. And Michael, he comes, he, he, he gets raised up from the floor and he's standing there and the crowd. I mean, there are, it's a sea of people. He's somewhere overseas and it's a sea of people. I mean, there are people to you as far as your eyes can see it's people. And Mike is just standing there and they are going bananas. 
People are passing out, falling out, like just going insane. Mike isn't saying anything. He's just standing there. But in that pose, in that statuesque pose, stood greatness. Stood somebody who made things happen. That there was a person who was filled with so much greatness that the simple, the mere fact that you got a chance to lay your eyes on them left you in a place of just euphoria. That's you. The simple fact that people get to lay their eyes on you, they should be ready to pass out from excitement. The simple fact that you get to grace someone with your presence should make people want to fall out. Every time I do an episode of Unfiltered with Jesse Holly, I'm, rem I'm reminded of a couple things. Some of you, this is the first time that you'll ever, ever, ever see me perform. Then I'm rem I remember that someone else enjoyed it so much they came back for more. So I got to make sure that I give them what they got the first time. And then there are some of you who will never see another episode again. But I never want you to leave here and not remember me. So understand that, man. Everybody ain't proud of you. Sometimes they just are proud that you keep making it happen. Keep doing you. Keep making things happen. All right, man, let's get into this uh, episode 50. Cowboys went down to South Beach and got, uh, actually they got embarrassed, but the, the road woes continue. The Cowboys lose to Miami 22-20. Uh, and another disappointing game. This one, this one goes, it checks the box of, yeah, that was another season disappointing game because you had the opportunities. You came out, and I thought things were going to get going. I know that picked Miami to win, but I thought, okay, the thing that need to happen. And the Cowboys were doing it. I told you guys last week, the Cowboys need to run the football. They need to have long, sustainable drives. Eight, nine, ten play drives, hold the ball, keep that offense of the Miami Dolphins at bay on the sidelines, and then for guys like Micah Parsons to step up and step out and be BLT, be, be to be the great, be the greatest on the football field. And the and the, the Cowboys came out, and I was like, okay, all right. They had a long sustaining drive. Then they get down to the goal line and they do a pitch to Tony Pollard and <laughs> point saving is a great accusation it's a wild accusation and it's probably a false accusation but when you watch that play and you see Tony Pollard with all that room to the pylon and all of a sudden he tries to cut it up and then gets tackled at the inch line and you're saying and even in, even in there before uh, uh, they had Brandon Cooks do a kind of a little jet sweep and he got pushed out of bounds and then they're trying to there's, – there's a lot of Hunter Lipke fans out there. I know y'all watch my show. There's a lot of Hunters out there. I see the messages. I, I see the tweets. I see the comment section. Y'all call my other shows. There's a lot of Hunter Lipsky fans out there. And I think – I think y'all understand now why I'd be like, keep him on the sideline. He gets down to the one-inch line. 
They try to do a little fullback dive, and he fumbles. And the Cowboys take a great first drive and fumble it away. And then they get back into the groove of things, and you got CeeDee Lamb who was rolling. CeeDee Lamb in the first two series has four catches, five catches in the first half for 93 yards. CeeDee Lamb ended the game with six catches for 118 yards. I cannot explain why. I have watched the film. They didn't double him like all crazy, like, oh, we're going to take him out the game. They didn't do that. They, they, they played their same coverages. They, they did their normal thing. This, this falls on the play caller, and this falls on the quarterback because it's weird to me. It's why you being weird to me? I know that's what CeeDee Land got to be saying. I know CD like CD gotta be looking at Dak and looking at Mike McCarthy and saying, why you gotta be weird to me? Why are you being weird to me, guys? I am one of the elite receivers in this league. Why are you being weird to me? <laughs> For him to go absent, ghost, milk box, milk carton type, have you seen him? APB for CD Lamb. And it wasn't because he wasn't out there. It wasn't because he didn't want the football. I, I, I've had the opportunity in my time, in my four-and-a-half, five-year career in the National Football League, I played with some pretty good receiver-quarterback combos. Um, in Cincinnati, I played with um, – I was teammates with Pauls. I was teammates with Chad Johnson and Carson Palmer. Of course, in Dallas, I was teammates with Des Bryant and Tony Romo. You can say Tony Romo and Jason Witten. In New England, I was teammates with um, Tom Brady and pick a receiver, Julian Edelman, Rob Gronkowski. And through that time, there were moments in games where the quarterbacks just kind of, and I've, I've heard them say this. I've heard it. I've been there. I've seen it. And they'd go, you know what? Man, it's been two series. Hey, hey, Chad, I would hear Carson. Hey, Chad, listen. Um, next time out, we, I'm coming to you right right now. I don't care what they call. I'm you need to touch the ball. I've seen times where Tony Romo's gotten to a game and goes, you know what? We we two three series in and I ain't got nothing to do. I gotta just get it to him. Hey Des, listen, we're gonna come out this next play right here. I'm, I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you the signal. If they playing off, I'm a smoke screen. If they playing press, then I'm gonna give you the fade call. I just want to get the ball into your hands. I want you to I want you to touch it. I, I want you to be. I want you to feel like you're part of what we're doing out here. Same thing in New England. And I just felt like in these moments, as the quarterback, and this is why sometimes I say Dak is a little bit corporate. I think Dak sometimes doesn't have some of that. I'm not saying that he don't got no dog in him. I think sometimes his dog varies. I think sometimes he's, you know, he, he, he's, he's a golden retriever. Smart, intelligent, happy-go-lucky, but he wants to get along with everybody, right? He wants to get along with everybody. He's, he's, his tail's wagging and he just wants to be pleasing to everybody. 
But then sometimes I need Dak to be, I'll use my dog, for example. I, I need Dak to be a Connie Corso. I need Dak to be strong. I need Dak to be imposing. But I need Dak to go, forget the rest of y'all. I, I'm, I'm not here to be friendly and nice to all of y'all. But these I'm going to protect. And I need him to be like 88. No, I'm going to get the ball to him. The rest of y'all, y'all get in where y'all fit in. I don't, don't got to be nice and, 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 and friendly with y'all. Y'all get in where y'all fit in. But we've been through two series right now and 88 ain't got the football. I need the play caller, the head coach, a.k.a. Freaky Mike. I need you to be on the sideline looking around and saying, you know what? I haven't seen 88 get the ball. I need to dial something up to get him the ball. Because here's what you have. At times, you there's a difference between a regular receiver and the elite receivers. There's a reason why we put them in class. There's a reason for that. I can give you the same exact route. I can give you a five, six-yard hitch. I can give you the same coverage. I can give you the same pass. I can give you the same defender that's defending them and have two different results. See, wide receiver A, the regular wide receiver, he runs, he runs a six-yard hitch, passes complete, six-yard gain, seven-yard gain, maybe he muscles his way to eight, nine-yard gain. But see, the elite receivers, that select few, everybody, everybody don't get a chance to be in that category. That elite category, the Tyreek Hills of the world, the, the Jamar Chases of the world, right? The, 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 the Mike Evans, the, 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 the Devontae Adams, the C.D. Lambs of the world. See, those receivers, they can run the same exact route, the same exact depth, the same exact defense, the same exact defender, and that five to six-yard hitch is a 30-yard touchdown because they have that type of dog in them. So it doesn't matter how you get them the football. You can get it to them on a smoke screen. You can get them on a tunnel screen. You can hand it to them in the backfield. You can throw an out route. You can throw a hitch route. You can throw a slant. You can throw a curl. You can throw a comeback. You can throw a dig. You can throw an in route. You can throw a post. You can throw a corner. You can throw a go. You can throw whatever the hell route that you want. But throw it to them. It makes no sense to me that you have a player of that caliber who is not injured. The coverage has not dictated that you go somewhere else. And he's eliminated from the conversation. That to me is weird. It's wild. And it's happened far too many times this season. To have a guy of that caliber go ghost for two and a half quarters when he came out the gate white hot. If I'm a, in my time, long time ago, long, 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 long time ago, I, I, I'm a basketball fan. I love basketball. If you're on the basketball court and you're playing and the guy on your team has hit two or three threes in a row or hit a couple jump shots in a row, guess what? We, we go in. We go. I remember, I'm going to give you a prime example. I remember during our national championship run at the University of North Carolina. We're playing up at Syracuse. We're playing uh, Wisconsin. And Sean May is killing them on the inside. It's a tough game, tight game. They had uh, 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 Devin Harris, right? What was the match point guard? Devin Harris, 
right? He's from Wisconsin. He was on that team. But Sean May is killing these jokers inside. Tight game. Bang a timeout. We come to the sideline and Coach Roy Williams is in the huddle and he's getting ready to draw up a play for Rashad McCants. And the grizzled old vet, Jawad Williams, and he did it as respectfully as you can possibly do it. As Coach is getting ready to draw up a play, Jawad hand, put his big old hand on the chalkboard and he said, hey, hey, Coach, we go in the big May. We, we, we go, not, whatever you about to write for this guard or whoever, we go, let, we go on the side of the Big May. Coach looked around, everybody said, we went in the Big May, he scored a bucket, we ended up winning the game. I don't understand how you don't, you don't do that. And then you come into this game and, and, and defensively, okay, it was all right. It was all right. And I, and I get it, the, the whole Micah narrative, let's speak on that. The whole Micah narrative when it comes down to this holding situation, I think there's a couple things that are true. First and foremost, let me say this, I do agree with Micah Parsons. I do think he is going on now 38 quarters where he's being has not been called, a uh, holding call has not been called in his favor. So I think that's, that's odd. But I do think if you go to Cleveland, they're going to say the same thing about Miles Garrett. If you think if you go to uh, San Fran, they're going to say the same thing about Nick Bosa and to other pass runs. But but I, I get it is a little bit egregious, right? 38 quarters, we're talking about that's a lot of football where not one holding call has been called in favor of Micah Parsons. And there is countless numbers of videos and still shots of it being ever clear, clairvoyant, crystal clear that he's being held. Where I do think Micah does not help his case is Micah at times forget that these referees are human and he gets on podcasts and he gets on the internet and he makes repeated, repeated, repeated statements about the referees. And we live in a social media world now. If you don't see it or hear it directly, somebody close to you going to bring it to you. These referees got kids. Some of them are, they got their burner accounts. Some of them got some burner accounts. You bet you, bet you about a dollar they do. So they're seeing it. They're hearing it on the national media. There's no way that these referees, there's no way. There's no way that these referees who are refing the, 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 the most polarizing, the most viewed football sport in North America. You think they don't get up in the morning to have their morning coffee and they got ESPN on? You think they don't get up and have their over easy eggs and see that NFL network is on or that network is on or when they get to their desk at whatever job they go to because these reps aren't full time and they, and they open up their laptop and they go to, to Google or they go to wherever it goes and it pops up that they don't see it. They don't read the articles. They see it. They hear it. So I don't think that helps Micah's case for wanting to have the holding calls happen in his favor. Because they're human. And while they have a job to do and they should do it correctly, might I add, I'm with y'all. I'm with y'all. Don't. I'm with y'all. They should do it by the letter of the law. But they're human. And it, it never, right, we, we talk about, we look across the league and we go, man, why, why doesn't Luca get favor from 
the, the refs, well, he 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 cuss him out all game long. He complains to him all game long. That don't help. That don't help you. That ain't helping you get calls. That's not helping you get calls at all. In fact, it's going the opposite way. It's why you get text after tech after tech, and the calls don't come your way. But I will agree with you that I do think officiating in all sports is down. And I do agree with Micah. Some of his holding calls are egregious. Maybe he needs to flail more. Maybe he needs to be more demonstrative in it. It's a weird situation. But such is life. And the thing about this defense in this particular game, Cowboys offensively, with all their woes and, 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 and their you know, inability to get the ball to CeeDee Lamb when they should, they get the ball... They give the ball back to the defense with three minutes and 27 seconds left to go in the game. Up by a point. At the end of the day, you only need to win by one. And now, this is when your Micah Parsons of the world, your Tank Lawrence of the world. We talk so much about quarterbacks having game-winning, defining drives. Well, they did their part. Dak to Brandon Cooks. They did their part. They got the touchdown. They gave you the lead. Defensively, you have to have that moment. You have to have that Jordan moment. You have to say that I'm the best player out here defensively. I'm going to I'm going to turn up and I'm going to make a play. And the Cowboys didn't do that. And we saw shades of, of what popped up again. Undisciplined. After a after a uh, uh, after a six or seven yard run by a chain, what happens? Fifteen yard penalty, face mask, undisciplined football. The Cowboys are the most the, the Cowboys are the most penalized football team in all of football, and it reared its ugly head again. And reminiscent to what we saw a couple years ago, with being able to stop the run when you know that they're going to run the football, when you know that they're going to stay in bounds. And they're looking to get first downs to continue to burn the clock. And you can't muster up enough of whatever that is, whatever the it, whatever the it is that you need in those defining moments. It says a lot about you as a football team or as a side of the ball of a football team. And it's going to be very difficult for you to have to go on the road in the playoffs because right now, you're probably going to be the fifth seed, and you're probably going to have to have these road conversations. You score 20 points on the road. That's what you scored to, in that game against Miami. It's what you scored all year long. Even during the broadcast, they said the leaders of this football team had a gathering. They had a come-to-Jesus moment to talk about, to try to figure out what is our road problems. Well, according to the broadcast, they didn't have an answer. So if the folks in the uniforms who are putting in the time, energy, and effort, the sweat equity that it takes to go out on the road and win football games, if they don't have the answers, hell, I don't have them either. <laughs> if they can't figure it out, how am I going to figure it out? I'm sitting on my couch just like you. And it's unfortunate because it, it, it's, it's pointing in the direction the Cowboys lose two games in a row, hadn't lost two games in a row since 2021. 
It's unfortunate because we thought this team was peaking, heading into the playoffs, that things were getting going. And now you lose two games in a row, and you have to start asking the questions. No Tyron Smith in this football game. Don't know if he'll be ready for the next football game. We shall see. Short week. Games being played against the Lions on Saturday. But overall, man, this, the defense in those moments didn't make enough plays. The offense didn't make enough plays. They, 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 it's a weird dynamic that's happening. It seems like they just sometimes, against the good football teams, can't put the two sides together to come out with a positive result, especially when they have to go on the road. But season is still here. They need to figure it out. But they, they take an L in Miami. A lot of questions a lot of questions for the Dallas Cowboys going forward. We shall see how this thing takes place and take hold and see if they can't rectify the situation and get back to their winning ways. They're at home. At home, they say, hey, we're supposed to be the man, 40 points a game. They'll have a challenge this week. MCDC comes to town, and boy, would he like, he and his crew would like nothing more than be the party spoilers. Because, by the way, on Saturday night, oh, Hemi, oh, Hemi. Timothy, Hemi Johnson is going into the ring of honor. All the old dogs are going to be there. You're going to see prime times. You're going to see Charles Haley's. You're going to see the triplets. You're going to see Jay Novacek. You're going to see Larry. You're going to see all of the greats of the teams that y'all talk about all the time. Boy, those 90s football teams. They'll be there. Ready to celebrate. The Johnny Walker blue will be flowing Jerry going to have all the nice parties happening. Everybody will be there with their families. And old MCDC and the Lions, they come into town to be a party spoiler. And what do they do well? They're the number three football team rushing the ball in the league, 141 yards. They're the number seven passing, league, passing in the league. They're top ten in total yards. They got two-headed monster in Jameer Gibbs and Montgomery. A little bit of thunder and lightning. You better bring your big boy pads. Or it'll be three games in a row. And the party will be spoiled. But we shall see. Cowboys lose to Miami 22-20. to Still alive. Still alive. Miami. I mean, excuse me. Philadelphia. They, 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 they skied it. Oh, ski, 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 ski. Oh, ski, ski, guy. They skied it one out against the Giants. They got two more left. Philly takes on Arizona this week, and then the Giants following that game. If they lose one, of, they lose uh, to the Giants, and the Cowboys went out. Things change, but we shall see. All right, man. Let's uh, let's get around the sports world. Dear Baltimore, the city, the fans, the team. I, Jesse Holly, wants to give my sincere apology to you all. I'm accountable. I don't get on this unfiltered with Jesse Holly and just spew stuff and not be held accountable for it. I came on this show last week and I said, Ravens, Niners, Niners by a million. I got a little ahead of myself. I, 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 I still am in love with the 49ers. I think it's still one of the best... I think I think if the Raiders, excuse me, if the, if the Ravens are 1A, Niners are 1B. 
And y'all can miss me for the rest of the world out here with the whole, oh, the Ravens got the blueprint on how to beat the Niners. Well, unless you're going to buy some of the plays that they got, you don't have the blueprint. You got a pretty picture. Put it in the frame, hang it on the damn wall. Because you don't have the Jimmys and Joes that they have. Patrick Queen, Roquan Smith, Kyle Hamilton, Marlon Humphreys, Jadavian Clowney, and others. You don't have it. Great quote by Roquan, excuse me, by Patrick Queen. He says, we play a brand of football that people don't want to play. Physical. I love it. I love it. Physicality on the defense side of the ball for the Baltimore Ravens has been, it's a culture. It's who they are. We talk so much about identity, identity, identity. There is no mistake about what the identity is of the Baltimore Ravens defense, the team in general. They're going to run the football, and they are going to be physical as hell on defense. And if you think that the Niners aren't physical because of what Baltimore did, well, Patrick Queen also said, he said, yeah, they play a, they, they play a finesse brand of, of basketball on the grass. He said, but that is the most physical football team that we faced this year. That's the most physical brand of football that we've played against all year. So do I still think the Niners are the bullies? I do. I think they just ran into a bigger bully. I think the Ravens might be a bigger bully than the Niners. But the fact of the matter still remains, the Niners in the NFC are the bullies. <laughs> and no one can match them in the NFC. Nobody in the NFC has what they have in Baltimore. They don't have the quarterback. Axon Jackson, they don't have that defense. They do not have the Jimmys and Joes that Baltimore has. So y'all can miss me with the blueprint. But Baltimore, I owe you an apology. I owe you an apology. You came on the road, mind you. You went on the road. That says even more about your football team. The great Cam Newton... He got he he got he he got vilified a couple weeks ago. He made the comment. He said, "Hey, game managers, Brock Purdy. Uh, who else did he say? He said Brock Purdy. He said golf. He said Dak. He said some others. He said game managers. People said, oh, yeah. He said, there's a difference between game managers and game changers. Lamar Jackson, game changer. You can't." You can't practice or predict or really understand how to play Lamar Jackson because you have to play twice. You have to play the initial play, right? You have to play the hut, set hut, that play, right? Whatever route that they run, and then you have to play another play. It's when he breaks containment. So I don't even know how you practice that. Because even when you when you think, oh, we're going to put a spy. You don't have a spy in the country. That if in the open field, Lamar put a little bit of that Florida on you, that Florida boy on you. Fred Warner, one of the best linebackers, if not the best linebacker in football. He got caught in open field with Lamar Jackson. No way in hell he makes that tackle. <laughs> he just doesn't. So trying to prepare for Lamar Jackson, you have to prepare for two plays. The initial play, and then the one that's not even in the playbook. The Michael Vick effect. 
And so, unless the blueprint says I get Lamar Jackson and I get Roquan Smith and I get Patrick Queen and I get Kyle Hamilton, don't talk to me about a blueprint. But Ravens, I apologize. I apologize. We we potentially saw a Super Bowl matchup. I want to see it again. Because I still do believe. I still, I believe in my Dion voice. If the Niners and the Ravens played at home away on a neutral site 10 times, it doesn't matter to me. I think the Niners win six or seven of them. Because I, I even seen things in that game that I'm like, ah, a lot of tip passes, stuff like that. And I just like, oh, oh yeah. okay. Interesting to see. They do bring pressure. They do are physical. Yes, they are. But Niners real deal. So is the Baltimore Ravens. So I apologize, Baltimore Ravens fans. Lamar Jackson is now the front runner for the MVP. If he continues at this pace, he's probably going to win it. He'll be the two-time MVP. But they all know Lamar. What you got to do, buddy? You might win another MVP, but if you don't get that playoff success going in the right direction, if you don't get this football team to the AFC Championship and beyond, it's going to be unfortunate. It really is. Um, Where do I want to go next? They packed up your boy, Tommy DeVito. I didn't pack him up. I told y'all last week. I told y'all. He had his Linsanity moment. And in the game against the Philadelphia Eagles, he got pulled for Tyrod Taylor. And Tyrod came in and got the game back. It was tight. Eagles pulled out at the end. But Tommy DeVito sent to the bench. I don't know if he comes back from the bench. From the bench. Good story. Shout out to all of my Italians. Gabaru. Chicken cutlets. But that might be it for Tommy, Tommy DeVito. I personally don't believe he's better than Tyrod Taylor. Was a little bit, I was a little bit kind of bewildered when they when when Tyrod came back from injury that he didn't get his job back. But they were riding the Tommy Cutler train, and I think that train stopped at Penn Station in 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 uh, in Newark. Tommy DeVito. You, I think Tommy DeVito, what he did, and maybe things change next week, but I, I think I think his leash is 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 real short if they give him a job back again. But you, what you did do is you 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 you've ensured yourself a backup job. You've ensured yourself a backup job. You go out there, you win three games. I don't know who they're putting this loss on you because you'll be in five games that you played, you'll be three and two. Okay. That's the role of a backup. I need you to come in in moments like this and win a couple games for us. Manage the team. I think you ensured yourself uh, an opportunity to be a backup going forward. But this whole, you know, it was a good story. This Lynn Sanity, it's a good story. But a lot of that stuff sometimes comes to an abrupt end. Another quarterback who's having a good story Joe Flacco. They went and dug Joe Flacco out of the grave, resuscitated him, rose him up like Lazarus. He goes out there, has another record-breaking day. He and Amari Cooper. I think he's another one. I think Joe Flacco has some skills, but I think Joe Flacco's playing with house money right now. 
right? He's playing with the way he's playing with that YOLO. I was on the couch. There's no expectations for me. There, 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 I, I, I wasn't brought here to really win games. <laughs> I was brought here to kind of, you know, just hold the fort down as best as I possibly can. Don't lose the games. But Joe Flacco has the experience. I love what someone said on Twitter, talked about, and Joe Flacco said, he said, you know, the, this part is a little bit easy. He goes, you know, I, I come from the era where I practice against Ed Reed every day, and I, and I played against Troy Palomalu. Palomalu. So I, I know what it is to read safeties in this league. They ain't them. I, I had to go against those jokers every day in practice and twice a year, every year. So he understands. But I think it's a good story in, in, in Cleveland. That defense is, is, is the big dog. And Joe's holding on. Ten touchdowns, seven interceptions, uh, 48 QBR. It's a good story. Shout out to the dog pound. Shout out to my boy Derek Holland. I don't know if it's sustainable, ladies and gentlemen. And call me a hater. I'm cool with that. I'm cool with being a hater. I've been around this game for a very long time. These things come to a crashing halt. For Tommy DeVito... And for Joe Flacco. I think the Brown defense is really good. I don't think Joe Flacco's that good. I just don't. Who I think is good and who I think should have serious consideration of being the next head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders, Antonio Pierce. Antonio Pierce you know, he he is he is doing some things. Had a big time win on Christmas Day over the rival Chiefs. He has figured out this team. Like, this team was going straight to hell with gasoline draws on. Under the influence and the and the and the and the, and the headship of that sorry, lousy loser of a head coach, Josh McDaniels. They, they, he, he, he took a long walk on a short plank, and they got him the hell up out of uh, Las Vegas. Insert Antonio Pierce. And I love the quote that Antonio Pierce said this week about just, you know, what have you done, and what have you done, Coach, um, you know, in the terms of getting this team ready? He said, well, the first four weeks, I just kind of just, I took inventory. I changed some things. I took notes. I see who was doing good here, good there, and bad there, and bad there, and I, and I made some changes. And he said, I hate being called a player's coach. He said, I'm a right coach. He says, I'm going to coach what's right. I'm not a player's coach. I'm a right coach. And he says, there's nowhere for players to hide in this building. You will be accountable. He says, I will be accountable. My coaching staff will be accountable. The players will be accountable. So if you're wrong, you cannot hide. We will address it like men, respectfully. We will try our best to correct it or we will change it. He said, I am a coach of right. And when you're one of the things I believe in coaching today that is critical is culture building. I think that is paramount. If you're going to have a successful team in the national, in any sport, in any sport, on any level, you have to build a culture of right. 
See, if you have pockets and places and, and groups where people can hide and the wrong is accepted, well, that's going to come out on Sunday or whenever you play. And I think when, when, when Antonio Pierce says, I am a right coach that you cannot hide in my building, is that we're going to call you to the carpet if you are wrong. I'm going to praise you when you're right. But damn it, you will be held accountable. I think that is a culture that you want to continue to build of right. And what ends up happening is those who don't want to adapt to that culture, what ends up happening is they begin to stick out like a sore thumb because there are no more closets to hide in. See, when you have coaches like Josh McDaniels who ain't accountable to his damn self, well, he now has players who go hide in these pockets and they don't have to be accountable and they don't have to show up to work and they don't have to do what you got to do. No, when it's when you coach right and you make these folks accountable, those who don't want to be held to a certain standard, they begin to stick out like a sore thumb and now they alienate themselves. Just by operation. You've created a culture of right, of accountability, of dependability, of respect, of hard work. And those who do not fall under that ledger begin to now weed themselves out. And the rest of the bunch start looking around. They're like, you can't sit with us. No. You wrong. You don't want to show up to work. You don't want to watch film. You don't want to practice hard. You don't want to play hard. You don't want to give it up for the man to your left and to your right. No, you cannot be a part of us. And I think that should be taken into consideration. Now, the Raiders, you fumbled the bag before. You, 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 you had Rich Basaccia over there, and he had that culture jumping over there. Winning football games, and you outed Rich Basaccia. I get it for John Gruden. Well, that didn't end too well. Uh, them emails. <laughs> it was them emails, John, that I got you. I, 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 it, Raiders, very few times in professional sports do you get a second chance. I think you have a second chance to rectify the situation. None of us know what the future holds. But if there's any indication of what it holds... And by the way, they're doing it. What's the quarterback name for the Raiders? I don't even know the kid's name. Rookie kid. Uh, O'Connell. O'Connell. They don't even have a guy. O'Connell. They're doing this with O'Connell. <laughs> they don't even have a premier quarterback. That speaks volumes on the man, the head coach that Antonio Pierce is. Raiders Nation. I, 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 I'm not an everyday Raiders follower. But I think you have your man on the sideline going forward. Now, it, it may go to hell in the next I don't know. But for right now, this is a man who has, who, who has, who has galvanized the group, the troops. They are playing very hard football for, for Antonio Pierce. I think he should be your guy going forward. All right. While we got through the games uh, on Christmas Day, the football games, basketball was played. And let me say this. <laughs> let me say this. The, in, the NFL, you want to talk about bullies? 
Y'all want to talk about bullies? For long as I can remember, for as long as I can remember since I was yeah, Christmas Day was designated for the NBA. Yes? Tay? Yes? Christmas Day was NBA. They have the colorful sneakers. They had great sales, right? The star players and, and their sneaker brand, they would release their Christmas editions. They had the Christmas jerseys. I mean, I mean, it was all built around Christmas Day in the NBA. You opened up your gifts, and they had about five, four or five games on Christmas Day, and you love to watch them. And the bully said, not so fast. And the NFL came in and said, we're going to play Football on Christmas Day as well. And boy, <laughs> the NFL dominates. I, I'm, I'm going to pull up the numbers. I'm going to pull up the numbers on what the NFL did last year. The NFL last year staged Christmas game triple header, amplifying their growing presence of the league on the holiday in recent years. They promptly torched. And when I say torched, I'm talking about backdraft torch. I'm talking about, I'm talking about, was it five alarm, three alarm, whatever the hell, a lot of alarm fire. Torched the NBA. The three NFL football games averaged 21.9 million viewers, more than five times the NBA average of 4.3 million over their five contests. So the NFL three games went outside, well, told the NBA, go outside, get a switch, and you better not come back in here with a skinny one. And they commenced to whoop them. They did it last year. That's the numbers from last year. I don't know what the numbers are from this year. They haven't come out. I'll, I'll, I'll report those later on in the week. Now, the good thing, or maybe, 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 the good thing is that next year, Christmas is on a Tuesday. On a Tuesday, it going up. On a Tuesday. And maybe the NBA gets back the viewerships, the viewership, um, because the NFL historically hadn't played games on Tuesday. Now, we were discussing this before the show. What would be the reason why the NFL wouldn't put a game on Tuesday? When you look at the viewership numbers that you got in the last couple of years of playing football on Christmas Day, why wouldn't you continue to be a bully? Why would you concede the viewership, the dollar bills, the, the notoriety? Why would you concede that to the NFL if you can dominate them again? It's a crazy thing to talk about. I'm not going to lie to you. If the NFL, if I was Adam Silver and the NFL went and staged three more games next year on a Tuesday, on Christmas Day, and knocked us out of the primetime viewership again, if I'm Adam Silver, I'm calling up John Morant. And I'm saying, John, meet me in New York City. And I'm telling John Morant to bring, bring the blickies. John Morant, you got to bring the blickies to Adam Silver. Y'all got to get in one of them blacked out Tahoes. And y'all got to ride down the street. And y'all got to wave them blickies. 
at Roger Goodell and say, hey, Rog, if you put them, you put NFL games on Tuesday this year on Christmas Day and you take our viewership, bang, bang, we're coming to see you. <laughs> Adam Silver got to pull the blickies out on, on Roger Goodell. Roger Goodell whooping the NBA in viewership. And he's going to continue to. The early game was Raiders-Chiefs. Great game. Then they slid in there. New York-Philadelphia. Decent game. Had a little bit of meaning to it. And then they hit you with the nightcap. Probably one of the games of the years. Two bullies going head-to-head. -head. Heavyweight fight. Baltimore Ravens. San Fran 49ers. We ain't even out. I, I didn't watch. I think I watched a couple of plays of the early games. That was it. I'm going to get the blickies. If I'm, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm Adam, I'm calling Ja. Let's go, Ja. Let's go down there and see Roger Goodell. But in those games, the Bucks topped, uh, excuse me, the Knicks topped the Bucks. Jalen Brunson went off 38. 38, Jalen Brunson going to New York, I think when it's all said and done, is going to be a story that should be told. Jalen Brunson still should be in, in Dallas. I know they got Kyrie. But what Jalen Brunson is doing in New York right now, he, he, is, he is showing up and showing out for, this, for the small guards. And I don't know, I think it takes time. Right, we, 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 we thought this Dame Dollar and Giannis would kind of just happen. I think it's going to take a little bit more time. Maybe they get it together. Maybe it doesn't happen this year. But the Knicks take out the Bucks behind uh, 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 Brunson's 38 points. Nuggets beat the Warriors. I think the Warriors and the Nuggets was the passing of the baton, or the dynasty baton. This league belongs to Denver, ladies and gentlemen. I'm just going to tell you all that right now. This league belongs to Denver. And it's funny. They show highlights of, uh, of Jokic warming up before the game, and he looks like the most uninterested dude in America. He's, like, warming up. He's, like, making – he's not making shots. He's throwing the ball over the rim. He's, like, just doing some crazy stuff. Then he just goes out, and he just, oh, yeah, oh, okay. I, uh, I, I'll go for 26, 14, and 6 <laughs> and win the game. Like, I believe that the Nuggets right now are bored. The Nuggets are doing what the Warriors used to do a couple years ago. It was like, oh, we'll just play when we want to play. Uh, I'll, Jokic said, I'll, I'll be the best player when I need to be the best player. But, hey, guys, we want, we want to get to the playoffs. This, this, this year is, again, I think, I think the Nuggets are the front runners and it's their championship uh, to lose. This, the Celtics beat the Lakers. Think about this. The NFL and the Celtics versus the Lakers, we did not even talk about it. We did not even talk about it. And, and, and though Anthony Davis had 40, the Celtics lose. Sorry, excuse me. The Celtics beat. The Celtics beat the Lakers. <laughs> Bron tired. Bron tired. They got to get some help out there. I know Anthony Davis had 40, but they need another player. Bron can't keep up at this pace. I know he's trying to prove a point, and, and, and he and Adam Silver probably had a backdoor conversation of saying, hey, LeBron, I need you to be the face. Continue to be the face. Continue to be the, the model of playing every game home or away. You know, uh, the Lakers won the NCAA tournament. That, I think that killed LeBron. I, I think he exerted a level of energy midseason that he doesn't normally exert. 
And now, as as a dude who's playing year 21, 22, he's reeling. LeBron can't be out like he's 21 again. He ain't. He ain't. But he's trying. He's trying. He's trying to be the face. He's trying to be the, the model citizen of showing these young boys how to do it. But he's going to run himself into the ground. And you see the fatigue kind of setting a little bit. He might be the one that be like, you know what? Uh, Hammy can't play in the All-Star game. All-Star weekend need to take some rest. Heat, no Joel, no Jimmy. Heat uh, beat the 76ers. And then the Mavs' sons, Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic. 50-burger. I think he's, uh, what is he, the fourth fastest? It's the first fastest to 10,000. No, 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 he's the second fastest. I think it behind Michael Jordan. I think he's second to Michael Jordan. Was he second to Michael Jordan? I think he's second fastest to 50,000. I could be wrong. But I think Luka's second fastest to 50,000 behind his airness. But nonetheless, he's seventh seven fastest. Seven fastest. Games-wise, career games-wise. Okay. But 10,000 nonetheless. Uh, a 50-burger... Against the Suns. I think when Luca sees the Suns on the schedule, lunch me. He hates Devin Booker. He hates he hates the Suns with a passion. He hates them with a passion. Cook Devin Booker in him. And, and, and Luca is playing some of the best basketball he's probably played in his career. I think he's third in the MVP voters right now behind Joker and Embiid. But a, a 50 burger says a lot. That, that tells you all you need to know. We, we didn't, we didn't, like nationally, it's not even being talked about. That's how much the NFL rules everything. Cash rules everything around me. Cream get the money. But Luka drops 50. And there's been reports coming out of Phoenix that Kevin Durant is unhappy. Hey, KD, I don't give a damn. I don't care that you're unhappy. Because you picked this life for you. You wanted to go to Phoenix. You picked this life. So I don't care if you're unhappy. I don't care if you're sulking. I heard Kendrick Perkins talk about it this morning, and he said, your body language stinks. You're supposed to be the guy that comes into that organization, and you have to show Devin Booker. You have to show uh, these other young guys on that basketball team how to win. When you went to the Warriors, they showed you how to be a champion. Under Steve Kerr, Draymond Green, Andre Iguodala, Steph Curry, they, they showed you. They, 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 they walked you hand in hand on what it looks like to be a champion. You have to find some way to take the values and the, and, and, and the tool that you learned while you were hanging out in, in, in Golden State for those years winning championships. You got to be that guy for these Phoenix Suns. For you to, like, I watched a little bit of that game, the second half of that game, I was watching NFL football, and your body language stunk. You're not helping on the backside. Like, and it ain't all about going out there scoring 40, 50 points. You have to be a leader to those, to those young kids. You have to show them what it looks like every day, week in and week out, what it looks like to be a champion. And hopefully you don't have to play the Mavs, because every time you play the Mavs, they kick your tail. I'll end in this. I said that Adam Silver needed to call John Morant to get the blicky. Well, John Morant says he's come back from his suspension. Where's your conference player of the week? Okay, Ja. 
Western Conference Player of the Week. In those three games, they won three-game losing. Minnesota, uh, Minnesota. Memphis has been reeling without John Morant. The life has been injected back into the Grizzlies, the grindhouse. In those three games, John Morant averaged 28 points, nine assists, and six rebounds. The kid is special. The kid is special. He makes some dumb decisions, and I hope that he doesn't make any more dumb decisions because I want to see John Morant on the basketball court. He is a talent. He's box office. He is a guy that you pay premium prices when he comes to your city to watch him play. He's that good. He and Anthony Edwards will be the face of the NBA, barring any more stupid situations off the court. They're that good. They're that good. They're that young. They're going to be around for a while. I think they're both like 25 and under. So, got to deal with them. All right, man, that's it for me. I appreciate you all for taking this journey with me to 50 episodes. Wow. I am proud of me. I am proud of the team. I am proud of you for, for sticking it out with us from the very first episode. And we're going to continue to improve and continue to get better and continue to give you great content week in and week out, month in and month out. And you're going to continue to listen and spread the word because you're a part of this too. We don't get to 50 episodes without you. We don't. If we was getting two or three views a show, I might pack it. They might pack me up. <laughs> pack it up, Jess. You ain't getting enough views. But you guys show out every single week, and I appreciate you. I thank you. 50, that's big. I'm celebrating that. I'm not getting comfortable with that, but that's a mark. That's a mark. We're doing some great things together. Us, you and I. We. We. I'm proud of you, and I'm proud of me. And uh, I can't wait to see this thing takes us. I'll meet you guys at the top. Remember, let, never let anyone tell you that their lives are better than yours because it is your life. Eliminate the contingencies.